Privit, Privet, and greetings from a glorious evening in Odessa, Mama. On the shores of the Black Sea, you might be able to just make it out in the background, maybe also. The Opera House should be in view somewhere over there. And in today's Vodka Vodcast with me, Connor Klein, we're going to deal with a subject that is never spoken about, as far as I can see, here on YouTube. If you are looking to date beautiful women in Eastern Europe, well, why are you even considering coming here or playing online? Presumably talking to women who are actually here in Eastern Europe, when you might be able to find the Slavic lovely of your life right back at home if you're in the West. Now the genesis to today's video is actually a participant in my online coaching program, Consigliere Connor. Put a link to that down below in the description. And you know, he had previously paid for more than one matchmaker here in Ukraine and basically he'd been very disappointed with the matches he got and the results. And you know, he'd been over here in Eastern Europe. I've been coaching him um, remotely on the Consigliere Connor program. And he flew back to New York after he had had this unsuccessful previous attempt with a matchmaker and the leads he'd gotten from that. And he went on to Badu, which is a, we'll call it a dating app that is popular in Eastern Europe. And he started to swipe on it in New York, New York City. And what happened? He got lots of interesting leads and matches with Eastern European women. So women from Russia, Belarus, Ukraine, Moldova. Do you know what I mean? Slavic women in New York City. And they were in general looked more interesting, better looking and a uh, lot less likely to be scammers or looking for, you know, a free meal or something than the women that he's been introduced to here by the matchmakers. And it gave me the idea then, you know, why did you even come in the first place? <laughs> when apparently you had all these potential leads and good matches in the US with women from this region. So if you are from the West, it could be North America or it could be Western Europe, for example, there are probably big communities of women from Ukraine, from Russia, from Belarus, maybe from Moldova, in your, definitely in your country maybe, and more specifically, maybe even in your hometown, and you're not tapping into that and not getting mixed up in some sort of fantasy that you're gonna come over to maybe Ukraine on a short trip and meet the love of your life because some matchmaker tells you that you they have all the marriage-minded marriage ladies, I love that one, <laughs> waiting around here on their database, when it might actually be a better idea just to hang out in the Russian quarter of your city uh, than fly all the way over here. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to be necessary for everyone, but I think it is another good option. And in today's vodka, I'm going to run you through a little bit where you can find women from Eastern Europe in the West, a few areas where they tend to be concentrated in diaspora communities, and my own experience with meeting Eastern European women while I was in the US and in Western Europe. And then a few tips about how you can go about finding them the best way. Now, this is obviously a really good resource if you happen to be near to a diaspora area from Eastern Europe in your hometown. If that's not the case, it might still be better to actually come and basically move to Ukraine. That is actually probably the most effective way to meet uh, and have a 
serious long-term relationship with an Eastern European, lovely. Uh, but in lieu of that, you should be looking at all your options. I just think it's kind of interesting that whilst Eastern European women are marketed, especially Ukrainian women as these kind of Stepford wives who are just dreaming of a Western white knight to come in and save them from terrible Ukraine when Ukraine is not that terrible at all. And in fact, those girls who are willing to leave might already be there waiting for you in New York City like it turned out to be the case for my uh, consulting clients. So let's get into, first of all, where are there big diasporas from Eastern Europe in the West? So let me start with the United States of America. Now, when I looked it up online, there's about a million people. About 400,000 of those are from Russia and 400,000 are from Ukraine. So that's already 1 million people. Now, not all of those are women. <laughs> maybe we'll say somewhere like half. And maybe not all those are single and not all of those are uh, within, we'll say, marriageable age, potentially for you, right? But still, that's a pretty big, significant diaspora that you have. Now, let's compare that to, say, a country I used to live in in Western Europe, which is Germany. And Germany has actually a massive, an enormous diaspora from the former Soviet Union. Germany has a population that's a good bit smaller than the US. It's probably around, I guess, around 80 million, more or less. While the US is, I think, around 300 million the last count. Maybe I'm wrong in that. Uh, but you see, definitely, uh, the, the concentration of people from the former Soviet Union is a lot higher in Germany. And amongst those, um, we'll call them, for people from the former Soviet Union live in Germany. You have Russland Deutsche, which are actually technically ethnic Germans who came back, came back from uh, Russia and Kazakhstan in the early 1990s. You have people, you know, who moved because uh, Germany's in the European Union from, say, the Baltics um, to uh, Germany, either since they got the Freedom of Movement in 2004 or a bit earlier or you have a lot of Soviet Jews actually who got to move to Germany obviously there's a historical reason for that after what happened uh, with the Nazi occupation of right here in these territories in Eastern Europe and the Holocaust Germany was uh, a lot more open in other countries to accepting uh, Jews from the former Soviet Union especially in the 1990s and a good few Jews were actually able to move to Germany and actually became the bulk of the Jewish community there now on top of that you got Canada and Canada has an enormous number as well. It's about 1 million as well. Uh, but they tend to be more ethnic Ukrainians than, say, you're going to find in necessarily in Germany and in uh, the U.S. That is very specific to Canada. In fact, I have some clients who have been on my programs who have grandparents actually come from the west of Ukraine. So that tends to be a common trend. Uh, and you'll actually, if you go to west Ukraine, you meet Canadians. Quite often, they actually have family connections to the area. So there are a lot of uh, people who have historical connections, who maybe field Ukrainian or Russian, uh, and living in North America, and those who actually came directly. Uh, so let's focus a little bit maybe on the cities uh, that you're going to find them in those countries. So uh, in the U.S., you're going to find a lot of people from the former Soviet Union in New York. Most people have heard of Brighton Beach and Little Odessa in uh, the greater New York area. Uh, you have Sacramento in California. There's a lot of people from the former Soviet Union who go there. Miami in Florida has a massive number of people from the former Soviet Union. People speak Russian uh, there as well. I know from having been there. Uh, if you were to go to Germany, then the city I actually lived in, Munich, has an awful lot. Also, Berlin has a huge number as well. So there are just two, a few examples of where they're concentrated. Uh, of course, you're going to find them in all big uh, European probably capitals like Paris is probably going to be a Russian community there uh, and also in London 
Uh, I've been to London, actually hung out at parties in, uh, you know, from people from St. Petersburg in Mayfair, which is one of the more expensive parts of London. So you do have a lot of uh, Russian speakers, um, people from the sub former Soviet Union who live in London, especially in the wealthier areas that tends to be concentrated wealth. Why? Because a lot of rich people wanted to move their, um, a lot of their income, take a lot of that and move it out of this region because they're worried about maybe it would be taken back off them again at some stage. So, for example, at one point, the most expensive property in London was actually owned by a Ukrainian oligarch who is from the eastern country, from Donetsk. Um, Akhmetov is his name. So on top of the diasporas, you might actually just be traveling around and actually meet a lot of um, girls from Eastern Europe traveling in the West. So it is quite hard for them to get tourist visas to go to uh, the US. So that's a little bit harder to go to North America. We'll say, well, at least the US and maybe a bit easier in Canada. And Mexico is actually really easy for them to go to. Um, they can go on the work and travel program in the US. I know quite a few from here even from Ukraine have done that um, basically around the time when they're in college and stuff uh, it is a lot easier for them to travel in Europe especially from Ukraine because they have visa free to Schengen which is not all of the European Union and all of Western Europe but pretty an awful lot of it uh, so they can actually go six months a year three months every six months basically and travel there so you're gonna meet a lot of um, people from the former Soviet Union traveling to Italy for example COVID travel issues aside but that's a place that you see a lot of uh, Russians go to in particular in Greece for example you're gonna have Turkey big place for people from the former Soviet Union to go to and travel to also if you go to Dubai you're gonna see a lot a lot of people from this region there so you might meet them traveling they might also live in the Middle East that's also something you see you see a lot of girls actually who are young and pretty going to work short-term in uh, the Emirates or in the Middle East in general can be in some more dodgy professions but it can also be in something that's just um, working in a shop or working in a in a pub actually quite often as well as a barman is something that's quite popular so basically you know outside of actually coming to countries themselves if you live in the west and you live near somewhere that's a big tourist area there are people from all over the world traveling including from here and you know you're gonna have those specific places where they're big diasporas as I said some examples would be the rich parts of London, uh, Germany, especially Berlin and also Munich where I lived and over in the US, New York, Florida, uh, Sacramento are some of the big places you find uh, people from the former. So also Chicago, I forgot to mention Chicago. I think in the early 90s a lot of people came from Eastern Europe, though a lot of those were actually Poles. So again, whether they're really Europe Eastern Europeans, we wouldn't really call them Eastern Europeans today, more Central Europeans, but they do have still a significant diaspora there. And then obviously in Canada, you have in particular a lot of Ukrainians. So as I mentioned, I actually lived <laughs> in uh, one of the cities that has a big diaspora from uh, Eastern Europe, and that is Munich in Germany. And I actually have to say when I lived there, which is 10 years ago at this stage, I would say, you know, I was a single guy there at times. And when I went out, I would say about half of the women that I ended up talking to uh, were actually from Eastern Europe, either from Ukraine, Belarus, or Russia, because actually there, the better looking women tended to be from Eastern Europe. You're probably not surprised to hear that. Uh, so actually what I found is, and this is in part because I could already speak some Russian, my Russian wasn't brilliant at the time, but I had actually traveled to 
their countries. And because of that, as opposed to maybe the other, German, mainly German guys, obviously in Munich, I actually had some experience being there. I also had something in common with them because we we're also both there as immigrants and we'd also come from different countries to live in Munich. So I found I had a pretty good bond and easy way in, in terms of connecting with them. And there were a lot of beautiful women from Eastern Europe, I have to say, in Munich. And definitely, as I said, 50% of the girls I ended up uh, you know, hitting on turned out to be from Eastern Europe. So that's pretty good, including some contestants in Germany's Next Top Model, for example. And actually, the thumbnail that I'm planning at least to put here, I hope I do actually put it up to make it relevant, is a thumbnail from Miss Russia San Francisco. Because actually, when I was over in San Francisco, we went to that beauty pageant and we met obviously lots of beautiful girls from that region. That's a good example of my time in the US where I didn't actually live in an area that was uh, that had a big Russian diaspora, but when I was over visiting a friend in California because we had, he'd also traveled with me here in Eastern Europe, we decided to go because we knew it was on and we made lots of good connections there. Still uh, have those connections and facts. That's something you can do if you live in a city where there is some sort of diaspora, there are cultural events from you know, communities in Eastern Europe, you can go to those events and participate and add some value and actually get to know people from the community, uh, which is a great thing to obviously get them to do. You can also go to the areas where, if there is actually a big diaspora where they're based, go shopping there, go to the, the cafe or bar, the, the local Russian restaurant, and you know just kind of take an interest in the culture and get to know people there as well. And of course, they're gonna be amongst those people attract the women most uh, most likely so when actually I was a student I was in Washington DC and I used I was started learning Russian so I was really interested my teacher told me that I should go to these events uh, and she basically encouraged me to go out with her uh, and her husband and then we meet all these women from Eastern Europe well, obviously I had no problem with that it was pretty cool uh, and DC being the capital of the US of course you have a huge number of culture events for most communities uh, that move to the US in any sort of number and on top of it, you have all the embassies so if you're living in a capital city and it has say a Russian embassy a Ukrainian embassy a Belarusian embassy a Moldovan embassy whatever embassy it happens to be relevant maybe also Central Asians from the Central Asian countries you can go to those embassy events and then of course you're gonna meet lots of people in general from the region and take an interest in the country and it's something that's not like going to a bar or going on a dating app where it's very obvious why you're there but you know you're gonna meet people more naturally for taking an interest in their cultures that's something else uh, that I did I was generally interested in the region. I was actually studying uh, the former Soviet Union at University of Grad School in the US. So for me, it was very pertinent to go to these embassy events. But of course, I met lots of beautiful women at them as well. So that's another thing that you can do. So now I've covered kind of cultural events, going to where the diaspora is based. But what happens if you are living in a city where there are no, um, you know, no people, there isn't a big diaspora from Eastern Europe. And you've no, you know, sometimes I have this on consulting calls where I'm prepping guys before they come here and most tell them, hey, is there a, a, a diaspora where you live, say in the US, where you can actually tap into already and practice your Russian maybe or your Ukrainian before you come here? Sometimes there isn't. So what I would suggest in that case is basically that you change your, probably your geotag on a dating app like Tinder and you just put it smack bam, 
in the middle of Little Odessa, <laughs> in, in New York or Brighton Beach, whatever happened to be, and just start swiping, see how many connections you get. And then, you know, next time you're in New York, uh, that's where you should be heading. And actually, if you are on a trip and you do have the, the, the means, like you've got a trip coming up to New York or you're about to fly down to Florida, well, go out to the Russian area or the Ukrainian area of the city and just go there and socialize and mix and get, you know, it's not 100% sure something's going to happen, but you are putting yourself in that position where you will possibly meet women from the region without actually having to travel here if it's not something you can do immediately. So there are some of the tips uh, based on my own experience, uh, you know, having lived in a few areas with Russian diaspora or in a more diplomatic setting or just cultural setting uh, and how I put myself in a position where I was going to meet a lot of women from Eastern Europe without actually being there in the region itself. Uh, so yeah, and that's pretty... I have to say, not just my experience, also my friends' experience. They meet once you're. I guess it's like once you're clued into an interest in this region, and probably learned a little bit of Russian, and maybe even been over here and gotten some experience in uh, in the region. You know, when you, you probably spot actually when from Eastern Europe a lot easier when you're back home, and also you're going to be able to make yourself stand out a little bit more than the normal American or German or Brit or Irish guy who knows nothing about their, about their culture or anything like that. And actually, when I think about it, uh, I once back, went back to Ireland. I actually went on to Tinder. It's a good few years ago now. And I wasn't getting very many matches back home. And I was kind of just flicking every, uh, swiping every just to see what, was, what kind of women were on Tinder in Ireland. And suddenly I got this crazy match easily one of the most beautiful women uh, <laughs> that you can see walking around in Ireland suddenly matches with me and she has an Eastern European name met up with her turned out that she was Belarusian so there you go and we actually you know I had in my profile that I had been I think traveling or had photos from Eastern Europe so this is actually what grabbed her attention it's commonality and something makes us a bit more I guess relatable because we have a shared uh, experience together because I have been also to Belarus a little bit not that much at the time but I had actually been to the country and that gives you a bit of an edge compared to the average the average Joe <laughs> the average Joseph walking around in Toronto or in wherever happens to be in the US in New York whatnot because you do have that connection and the other thing I like to say about maybe this is an observation uh, we do have this kind of phenomenon that I call the green card girls. So it is a bit of a stereotype that Eastern European women just want to leave the region because it sucks and uh, they see you maybe as the Westerner, as the ticket out there, the white knight who can save them and bring them to the prosperity and safety of the West. Now that doesn't really hold true nowadays. Uh, things are, uh, it's not the 1990s where, you know, the economy collapsed here and there was kind of disarray and uh, it wasn't even really that safe uh, in a lot of parts of Eastern Europe to be walking around and living. Uh, that's not the same situation today and definitely here in Ukraine, for example, you know, <laughs> the, the, to compare it to the 1990s has obviously been transformative and actually quality life here is pretty good. Uh, but you still have women who want to leave here and you still do have some green car girls who want to get to America uh, in particular, uh, just to get the hell out of Ukraine. And um, that tends to be girls who are maybe, you know, it's not so likely going to be girls, uh, I would say, who are from Odessa or Kiev or something like that and over 25 uh, because the girls who want to leave will probably have left pretty quickly and gotten out of here. But 
when they get over there, and they are the green car girls, so we'll say, taking it from 90 Day Fiancé, where I brought up in the other vodcast pretty recently, and I'll link them down below and up in cards if you haven't seen them. Actually quite entertaining to watch and educative at the same time. They uh, get over to America and then they realize, well, you know, you also have the value gap, right? So explain that very briefly. It's like over here, you might be a seven, um, maybe just primarily because economically, especially you're going to be a seven, maybe to a green card girl who wants to get over and get her green card in the US. That's going to be a lot of your value. And maybe because women here are better looking on average than, say, in the West, in most Western countries, at least her value may be just based primarily on her looks might be like a five here but then she goes to let's take my own country Ireland goes to Dublin and suddenly she's a seven or an eight right uh, and that becomes a lot of the issue uh, for the white knight we'll call him who took her over uh, maybe wife hunter Harry was successful and got a wife here brings her back to the US and uh, then when he's over in you know we'll say he's in LA uh, he's no longer an eight because he's no longer the guy sponsoring the green card when she has it is actually kind of like average and maybe a five or a six and she's gone from a five to an eight and that means that she's looking out realizing that her value on the local date market is way higher than you know and you have this value gap i have another podcast about if you want to dive into that for your education again up above in the card down below in the description so what happens if you meet a green card girl we'll call her in the u.s that's where the term green card because that's actually the the, where the green card is from but it could be the same as having residency say in Germany or the EU uh, another EU country or maybe in Canada or, or somewhere else well she's already used the schmuck basically the white knight uh, for his purposes which is to get residency and actually move and now she's looking for to upgrade in terms of a partner now that she's moved to the west and that guy could be you exactly you're not going to be the guy who gets used uh, with, with the margin of convenience to get to the West because she's already in the West and then obviously you might be the guy who picks up the scraps uh, and takes her off the white knight. That is your own moral judgment. Whether you feel that's appropriate, whether you want to be with a girl who's already used the guy to get to the West. Maybe it just happened to be a coincidence that this didn't work out when she got there. But <clears throat> I find that as well that my experience, I met very beautiful women uh, from, in particular from Russia in the West they're still technically married, but it's obvious they're, they're looking for a replacement for their husband. Some of them have only been in the country for six months. Yeah, pretty tragic. Um, we're telling them, yeah, my, my friend, she also did the same. She found him through a marriage agent, then they get over and then they're like, okay, let's see what else is on offer here. <laughs> That's better than the guy who, who basically sponsored my, my visa to get here. And you can be the guy who gets to, I guess, reap the benefits of that. Again, it's your own moral judgment whether you want it. Uh, take advantage of that opportunity and whether you really want to trust someone who's willing to use a white knight to get over to the West, but do whatever you want with that information. But that can be another great perk of actually, while you're there in the West, taking the opportunity to go and meet women from Eastern Europe while you're in your hometown. I actually met one woman I'm thinking about actually at a jazz festival, a Montreal jazz festival when I was there. And again, what was part of the connection I've been to Russia and I spoke some Russian, so I was able to make that connection with her and that, of course, basically because of the commonality and shared experience gives me a bit of advantage over the other local guys around me. So that was today's Vodka podcast. Maybe that's going to be a bit controversial, pointing out that, uh, and I do focus on the guys who, who use matchmakers a lot when I make these videos because, um, yeah, they often buy into the stream that they have to come and pay some romance tour company to come here and meet 
the marriage-minded women of Eastern Europe. Marriage-minded is a complete cold read because they say almost all women here are marriage-minded if they meet the right guy, and that right guy can be you. And, you know, you don't have to invest in all that if you live near Brighton Beach, Little Odessa, they're also going to be women from the region there. So just, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, like fly all the way over here when you could also be meeting women back home. Of course, if you're the type of guy, more like the guys around my high-level concentration group, Slavic Utopia Secrets Ukraine or Belarus or the Russian version, which is going to open up pretty soon for enrollment, then, you know, you're going to move in situ here. And of course, this is the source. But in the meantime, you know, don't uh, miss out on those opportunities that are there. Like I once had to, as I said, go back to Ireland for a couple of months. And I was able to meet a Belarusian girl when I'm traveling around and when I lived in Germany. Also used that time. When I was living in Germany, I actually used to come to Eastern Europe quite a bit. But when I was there, because I was working there, I also went out with lots of uh, local girl, girls locally who were from the region. Uh, so basically try to maximize all your options regardless of where you live and what your work situation is whether it lets you to travel a lot allows you to travel a lot or lets you relocate like a lot of guys are doing especially with this whole covid travel mess you're wondering what time of year i'm shooting this it's the end of autumn we're getting to the end of october and we still have this nice weather in um in odessa not that it's going to be this warm <laughs> uh, for much longer I already got my just had you know i just took out my parka from storage uh, but yeah, if that is the thing that's been happening, guys are moving more and more here for three main reasons. I have lots of content about it. Basically, the dating options here are better in general than being in the West. Obviously, with that caveat that you can actually go to the areas in the West where there is a diaspora and whatnot to meet women from this region. Second, cost of living here is dramatically lower in general than it's going to be in the West. So your money goes further and you get more value here, especially on the real, real estate side, if you're thinking of buying you know, an apartment uh, with a view over the Black Sea, for example, a villa or maybe in Kiev, uh, a penthouse, whatnot. And there is definitely these times of COVID travel restrictions, a soft feeling of freedom that is superior, ironically, to the liberal Western democracies that seem to have forgotten a little bit about that in the last two years in terms of our rights to travel and uh, yeah, go to a restaurant without a mask and whatnot. Uh, whether you agree with that or not, definitely here there's a bit more softer feeling of freedom of the government really not being as much in your face as it is in the West over the last two years. So consider all those options. I'll also put a link down below to Slavic Utopia Secrets Ukraine. Uh, we're already in the middle of season three. Season four will open up next year, but you can also invest in it now. Watch all the, the recorded content and then jump in those live streams with me and the other guys later on. Um, yeah, when we open up season four. So that's the end of today's video. I'm going to go enjoy a nice evening here on the shores of the Black Sea in Odessa. Going to be heading up to Kiev and filming a lot over the winter in Ukraine's capital. Leave me a comment down below if you have any stories of meeting women from Eastern Europe on your travels, maybe in other parts of the world, particularly in the West and maybe with diaspora communities there. And let me know what you think. So, desvidanya, dopobachna, see you in the very next video. Ciao, ciao from Free Ukraine. Sar Experience.